0: United Lutheran Seminary presents the Seminary Explorers podcast, conversations on faith, art, people, politics, theology, life, and more, with voices from around the corner and around the globe. Good day. Welcome to The Seminary Explorers. My name is Nelson Strobert, and my guest today is Andrew Taminger, who is a third-year seminarian at United Lutheran Seminary on the Gettysburg campus. Welcome to The Seminary Explorers.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited
0: for this opportunity. Well, I, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Uh, uh, you attended, most recently, the, um, Luther, the Assembly of the Lutheran World Federation. Uh, and I want to ask you, how did you get to go to this uh, global event?
1: Absolutely. So this, uh, the Lutheran World Federation holds an assembly once every seven years, and A part of the seminary, um, they pulled together some finances and some grant funds in order to uh, give seminary students across the ELCA an opportunity to attend this uh, assembly. And so we had five uh, seminaries represented. Um, seminarians across the country that came together, and it was a really incredible opportunity. And I got to take it as a class as a part of my seminary studies.
0: Oh, so you got class credit for going to participating in this event?
1: Absolutely, yes. It was it was one of the coolest. Uh, seminary classes that I've had the opportunity to take I'm in sh- my journey so far.
0: I am sure. Uh, and and I, if, as I understand it, the Lutheran World Federation Assembly took place in Poland.
1: It did, yes. So this year it was hosted in um, Krakow, Poland, by the um, Evangelical Church of the Augsburg Confession in Poland. That was our host church. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I, I can give a little bit of history about the Uh, assembly.
0: Well, I'd like to, you know, what what is the Lutheran World Federation for our listening
1: audience? Yeah, so the Lutheran World Federation is a communion of Lutheran church bodies from around the world, there are 99 countries representing 77 million Lutherans across the world and 150 member churches. It was 149 before this assembly, but the Lutheran Church in Cambodia was recently um, uh, appointed to the status of member church. Oh,
0: okay. And so
1: it's broken down into seven regions around the world, including Africa, Asia, Central Eastern Europe, Central Western Europe, the Baltic or Nordic countries, and um, Latin America and the Caribbean, and North America. Those are the seven world regions. And as I said earlier, it's hosted uh, by a uh, member church every seven years, and this is the uh, 13th assembly. And we gathered under the theme of one body, one spirit, and one hope, which is uh, inspired by Ephesians 4.4 that there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope of your calling.
0: Okay, thank you for that uh, uh, brief, brief history. Um, how did you prepare uh, for this assembly? Uh, this is something, again, that happens, as you said, every seven years. Uh, how do you prepare for something like
1: a gathering like that as,
0: as a student?
1: You know, it, it's kind of funny that you ask that because I, I really didn't know what to prepare for coming into this experience. We were given resources by the assembly uh, leaders, and they gave all of the delegates in attendance and the visitors. We were we were attending as visitors. Uh, they gave us all um, study guides based on prior assemblies, so that we could look at some of the old um, delegations and right. what what their uh, line items were and what their resolutions were that they were voting on but beyond that in the study guide and some worship material and just a basic background of Krakow Poland we didn't really have a whole lot to go off of and it was something that uh, you there's really no amount of preparation you can try to to gain to go into an experience like that, it's just something that you need to step in with an open mind to witness how big the church truly is.
0: Oh, okay. You know, this was a global event, and uh, was it a, a, was it in a, were you in an assembly hall or in a church setting, or where did, where did you gather?
1: so we gathered in this large congressional center that was right uh, next to this uh, river is this really beautiful beautiful place in Krakow and there was a, a 14th century uh, castle um, Wawaw castle that overlooked our um, our gathering space but we met in this huge uh, congressional hall where um, a, a lot of I'm, I'm assuming concerts are held and a lot of important um, meetings and and such uh, with to the country of poland right. um, gather together and we we had over a thousand people from around the world who were uh, assembled here and it was it was really an incredible thing to witness. Uh, we the the visitors we had to sit in the high balcony and so we were overlooking this huge uh, group of, of delegates who were on the main floor right. and then they had the panels that were along the front stage but we were just little um, tiny ants up in the rafters <laughs> oh, okay. just over overlooking this huge process that was uh, that was unfolding before our eyes. It was it was, it was really, really cool to witness.
0: Okay, and I, 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 an additional question is, did you meet other uh, students, seminarians, while you were there from
1: other countries? We did. We didn't have a chance to meet formally at, with other seminarians from other countries, but the way that the assembly is structured, there's plenty of downtime and plenty of coffee breaks, a lot of coffee breaks. For people to just gather and have um, unstructured, informal conversation, and it's through those conversations that uh, that I had the opportunity to talk with with both seminarians from other countries as well as uh, bishops and heads of church from other countries, just gathering in the meal times and in the coffee lines, oh. and it was uh, it was a very wide spectrum of of people, people. and experiences. Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, uh, As you reflect on uh, your time
0: at the assembly, uh, what might be some of your personal highlights from the event?
1: About halfway through the assembly, we had the opportunity to visit um, Auschwitz and Birkenau. And it was a structured part of the assembly, a part of the ongoing efforts of uh, reconciliation and reparations yes. to uh, Jewish communities that were um, impacted so greatly and, and, and in a lot of places in Europe wiped out um, as a part of the Holocaust and the, the Nazi extermination of um the of the jewish people and we um we we got a chance to get a tour of the the grounds and that was uh, it was uh, it was a really heavy experience Sobering. and a very moving experience <laughs> yeah. in, in many ways and um, one of those experiences that um i don't know if i'd ever have the capacity to go back but i'm so thankful that i had the opportunity to witness that and right
0: I, 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 a colleague and I led a group of students years ago and we went to uh, Buchenwald and uh, that you know it's something that you're glad that you had the opportunity to see uh, it's sobering and yet uh, not something that it's not a a, a tourist you know it's it, it's different than tourism Mm -hmm. put it that way
1: it's it's a pilgrimage in ways and that's that's the way the assembly really approached it as well Uh, this journey um, of sojourning in a way just coming alongside and abiding and um, with one another as we all handled this um this the this exposure to such an an awful um event of history um together and we all we all handled it a little bit differently but it was. It was. Uh, it was incredible. It was oh, incredible. Yeah.
0: Wow. Um, certainly. Uh, certainly. Uh, a highlight and sobering experience. Um, when you think about um, the, the assembly itself on um, the actions, were there important discussions that took place for you uh, that that hi- that
1: you have highlights of? Absolutely. The uh, the climate emergency was a big point of discussion um, throughout the assembly, and to the point where the uh, the youth delegation and youth in, in our um, in our terms of the ELCA has a bit of a different age range than it does in the global LWF right. terms. Um, youth is eighteen to about thirty five um in in the eyes of the LWF. And so the youth delegation actually held a strike in the middle of the assembly oh, really? to raise awareness for many of the delegates and and just to be a, a public face of the climate emergency that
0: how did that strike take place oh, oh yeah. Could you describe what what a strike meant in that context?
1: Yes, yeah. so there was a there was a um, presentation from an uh, an environmentalist who uh, came forth and provided uh, both data from around the world and um, and just a, a stance on what what must be done in order to address the climate emergency that many countries around the world are being directly impacted by. And at the end of the presentation, before we went on to uh, go on for our lunch break, or I can't remember if it was a lunch break or coffee break, but two of the youth delegates came forward onto the stage, kind of unannounced. You you could tell afterwards that it was kind of orchestrated, but yeah. um, but it... It was a shock factor in a way to to come forward and say, um, we are holding this demonstration and this wasn't in your regularly printed programs because we want to show the immediacy of uh, the climate emergency and how it's a pe- in impacting, especially the younger generations that are, are coming and inheriting the church and so afterwards the youth uh, created signs and they pr- proceeded this the, this congressional hall that we were in had maybe about four or five stories and right. so and with stairwells and so they uh formed this line this procession that proceeded to march throughout the entire congressional hall and we sang songs together as we uh, were holding signs and uh really uh being a witness to um, climate advocacy and the um, the president of the LWF and the general secretary—they—they um, they were a part of this procession as well as many of the delegates, and okay. they all gathered together at the bottom of this congressional hall, and everyone singing and and um, really embracing the moment, and it was it was very impactful. Oh, it, indeed. It indeed, definitely, um, it definitely set the tone for the rest of the assembly. Indeed,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, were there any other discussions that that took place?
1: Yes. Uh, Women's um, women's rights and um, women's equality, especially in church settings and and women in leadership in church settings, was another big topic of the assembly. Not all of it's about eighty percent of the member churches of the LWF ordain women, but there's about twenty percent that still do not ordain women, and so there is a continual push for a lot of um, those churches to. Uh, to see and, um, and uplift the ordination of uh, women and women in leadership roles in the church and within greater society. And in addition to that, there were also um, topics and um, uh, topics uplifted that recognized um, a lot of disability advocacy oh, and okay. um, gender justice. And, uh, and one of the most interesting parts was the centrality of language. In the assembly, that really um, came up, and and okay. what I what, what I mean, mean by, by that, that yeah, yeah, is um, there was uh, this quiet pushback against the the dominance of English language within the assembly, in part because uh, English is a second or even third or even fourth language to many of the participants in the LWF assembly, although it's a widely spoken language. Yeah. There were many delegations, so we all had earpieces that fed to live translators. And when a delegate came forward to um, speak towards a certain uh, a certain topic or something like that, if they were not speaking in um, in a language that uh, someone could understand or something like that. Um, or if they weren't speaking in English, then people could put on their earpieces and listen to a live translator into their native language. And so many of the delegates came forward, and even though they could, they could speak English, um, they came forward and spoke in their native language in order to call um, attention to the fact that um, English centrality maybe isn't the best way to uh, conduct a meeting of such a global scale. So Indeed. that was a very um, interesting um, and it was kind of a wake up call for for me because I, I unfortunately only speak English and I, I would like to learn more languages, but that was kind of an initial push for me to uh, continue to pursue um, a, a, a secondary language. Yeah. Um,
0: and it certainly uh, changes one's world view. Absolutely. You know, once one goes across the ocean uh, 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 to see uh, the differences uh, in terms of language usage. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that certainly uh, is an interesting development that we wouldn't think about within these United States. Absolutely. Uh, were there other tensions uh, that,
1: uh, uh, that were exhibited or talked about or, or shared? So since I fall into the age range of being a youth of the LWF, the uh, the topics that the youth were bringing up was something that my mind was immediately gravitating towards, right. and so something that the youth delegation did bring up was um, was issues of representation um, and having younger younger individuals serving on more of the committees that the LWF represents. And uh, not only representation, but also uplifting youth voices within the conversations that were happening, especially regarding um, theology and um, environmental talk, and some of the issues that we we brought up um, um, earlier. And so the the youth continually reminded um, a lot of uh, this is through um, through comments on the floor and through um, passing their own resolutions. Um, they were continually reminding the leadership um, of the LWF that um, that they are still a very powerful voice and and certainly a voice that should be that should be listened to.
0: Right. you mentioned, you mentioned
1: the topic of uh, theological issues. Uh, could you share a little bit of that? Absolutely, so the the LWF, uh, it was originally formed in, and this is kind of going back a little bit to the history, You're... but I'll get back around to okay. the, the topic of theology. So it was originally formed in um, 1947, and this was um, after World War II and all of the reconstruction that's happening across Europe during that time. And a lot of that was the reconstruction of churches and church communities. And so uh, a part of the, the um, formation of the LWF was humanitarian efforts, but then another part was to create a, a stronger theological um, confessing and communal presence of a Lutheran world body. And so the LWF, a big part of what they do is to further Lutheran theological um, standpoints and interpretations and so they have panels where they will, they will come together over a theological um, point of discourse or mm-hmm. something like that. And they will, um, they will find ways to articulate that in a way that the world Lutheran church body and, and beyond that in the ecumenical realm as well can continue these dialogues.
0: Oh, okay. Well, thank you for sharing that, that, that piece and certainly a part of your theological development. Absolutely, absolutely. Which, which leads me to the uh, a question of how do you think your experience at the assembly uh, might help you in your preparation for ministry in the Lutheran Church and in ministry in general?
1: One of the biggest things that the, the Lutheran World Federation Assembly taught me is how big the world truly is. And it's, it can be easy to get uh, so, so um, narrow minded in, in our scope of ministry and the context of our congregations, but to, to see the church on a global scale as a part and to expand the body of Christ. To a global scale, and to witness that happening in one room was a really uh, powerful representation of the the full body and the full body of the church on that that global level. And to to see that and to then articulate that and convey that to others, uh, especially in my ministry settings, is um, is a really powerful way to expand our scope, not only of, um, of what the what the church is, but also in the scope of how we can serve our neighbor. It really extends the neighbor to a more global scale. And that was um, a powerful thing to witness. Indeed. Um, You've you've been uh, highlighting uh, the
0: the role of Lutheranism globally. I wanted to know, was this assembly limited to only Lutherans? Or was there a broader representation uh, or uh, uh, more uh, other global
1: voices that you heard. So uh, a big part of what the the Lutheran World Federation does in its work, and a big part of this assembly, is the ecumenical scope. So the um, the Lutheran World Federation. Back in um, 1991, uh, that, that's a significant year with the um, the Joint Declaration on the Doctrine of Justification, right. the, J, the JDDJ, where the Lutheran World Federation and the um, the Roman Catholic Church came together in this Joint Declaration on the Doctrine of Justification and uh, agreed. And it was it was this big monumental ecumenical movement that that happened um, through uh, the ongoing work that the LWF. WF is committing to ecumenical research. And and so the conversations around the JDDJ continued in the assemblies um, after the 1991 declaration. Right. And so it was, it was still a big part of conversation in this 13th assembly that we were at and it came to include other Lutheran world communions. And I've got the the list right here, so I want to make sure I get all of the names right, but the uh, representatives that came to talk amongst the assembly included the uh, representatives from the Roman Catholic Church, representatives from the Methodist World Council, the World Communion of Reformed Churches, the Anglican Communion, the Orthodox Church and the Pentecostal World Fellowship, which is uh, a very recent development of ecumenical dialogue that the Lutheran World Federation is engaged in.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, th- w- with that in mind, um, were there uh, important actions taken uh, that were taken by the assembly?
1: Yes, there were uh, a number of resolutions that were passed, and th- that concerned both LWF uh, declarations, but also ecumenical declarations, and uh, 17 resolutions in total, and it concerned things of assembly representation, like referring to the the youth representation that was raised earlier, um, theological commitments to um, ecumenical dialogues, ongoing dialogues that uh, go beyond the JDDJ. Um, There was a um, rise of um, advocacy concerning indigenous populations around the world, um, rights for women, people with disabilities, refugees, uh, the climate emergency, and and lots, lots more within those seventeen resolutions. And there were also four public statements that were passed, um, which included the uh, Christian uh, involvement and presence in the Holy Land, which is oh, very okay. relevant with the and, recent conflicts oh, that indeed, we've seen yes. in, in the Holy Land. And it was a, a widespread condemnation of the violence that is has now exponentially grown within that region, but also a promise of humanitarian support, which we're actually seeing the results of in the LWF's um, actual um, commitment to aid that is now um, helping people within the, uh, the Gaza Strip, actually. And... Um, th- another public statement was the, um, the ethnic mi- minorities facing oppression in Asia. It was a condemnation of that oppression that was uh, occurring throughout regions, throughout countries um, in the Asian region. And uh, there was a statement on tax justice that was passed and equitable economic practices being called for uh, in countries around the world. And, um, and, of course, the, the ongoing violence in Ukraine and the uh, promise for humanitarian aid for countries that continue to support refugees from that crisis.
0: Oh, indeed, wow. Well, I can't believe our time is <laughs> rapidly ending, and I wanna thank you for giving us a highlight and a description of the work of the Lutheran World Federation.
1: Absolutely, and you can you can look up more information on the Lutheran World Federation's website. There's a lot more uh, beyond what we've talked about uh, in this in this um, interview. But thank you for your time and for had <laughs> this opportunity to share more about it.
0: Well, we thank you. My guest today has been Andrew Taminger, who is a third year seminarian at the Luther, at the United Lutheran Seminary, uh, and he has been talking about. Uh, his participation as a guest at the Lutheran World Federation Assembly in Krakow, Poland. For The Seminary Explorers, this is Nelson Strobert. Have a good day. You have been listening to The Seminary Explorers, a production of United Lutheran Seminary with campuses in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We invite you to visit our website at unitedlutheranseminary.edu. All opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of United Lutheran Seminary or the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America.